Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, pureandsimplebible.com, and I'm so glad to have a really fun, extemporaneous conversation with one of my best friends, Jeremy Scott. Jeremy is an orchestra teacher, a musician, a songwriter, and he's done a lot of great things for the church. I'm really excited to talk about Vocal Ascend, a project that he spearheaded some of his songwriting and also his take on music in the church and music throughout the Bible. Really fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Just a word about the quality. We recorded this at a family campground. We were outside. I had no ability to edit or uh, maybe consider the audio. It was just record it and go. So the quality might not be quite like the studio, but I hope that's not too distracting. Let's jump into it, shall we? Uh, it is my custom to have people who come on my show introduce themselves as far as who you are, where you're from, who your people, what you do. So I know you. I've known you for a long time. But in case somebody didn't know you, who are you and where you're from and what do you do? I am Jeremy Scott. I um, have grown up here in OKC. My... Uh, home congregation was always 21st Street, and then they established a new congregation out in uh, Newcastle, Tuttle area called Whispering Pines, and so that's where I've been for uh, at least 15 years. Might be longer. It's been a while. but um, You've been married for 15, 16 years. 16 years, yeah. Coming up on uh, 17. It'll be coming up on 17. I've been dating my, uh, everyone would say high school sweetheart, but we didn't go to high school together because I met her in a church meeting. Sure in texas and uh but y'all are high school age so high school, high school age, age started dating guys. at 17 and uh man no regrets wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> it's been it's been fantastic you've got two great kids eli and charlie eli and charlie he's gonna be a teen soon he is turning 13 oh yeah <laughs> oh man teenage years and professionally you are an orchestra director yes What's i teach like? i teach orchestra in, in putnam city uh well putnam city public schools it's actually not a city it sounds like it's a city, but it's not. I think they started to establish a city in Oklahoma City, but it's it's still Oklahoma City. Okay. So it's just a public school system called Putnam City. And uh, I teach orchestra there. I've taught there for 10 years and played violin for 20-some-odd years. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a fun vehicle for me to learn music and study music at a deeper level and has tested my skills. So it's helped me develop my talents for the Lord in some ways and uh, but it's kind of ironic when I have conversations with people about where I go where I worship right they're like wait (laughs) wait you're an orchestra teacher but you you do that acapella thing (laughs) right what something doesn't add up here my favorite uh, oh shoot what's his name there's a comedian he has red hair Tim Hawkins have you ever heard of any of his? I think so my favorite Tim Hawkins joke is when he's got his guitar and he's making fun of various religious groups. So he'll do Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic. And then he does Church of Christ and he flips the guitar over to no strings and just <laughs> sits there silently strumming while he sings. That always gives me a good chuckle. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Now, before we jump into content, people may be hearing some background noises. Hopefully, what they're hearing is so. birds singing. Yes. But they may be hearing a bell and like people walking by. We're at a we're at a big family campground. Uh, so so 
for people to maybe visualize. We're, we're actually sitting next to a really wonderful, beautiful outdoor spot, but there are other people in the area. So, right. yeah, the bell just rang a little bit ago. So for the listener who's wondering where we're at, we're not in the studio. But you can course. picture us in nature. And yeah. It's gorgeous in God's creation. Yeah, it's this fantastic. Is, this is fantastic. Well, I wanted to talk to you. I've wanted to for a while talk to you about An overdue uh, music in the church, specifically because of your your training. You uh, and others like you who have gone to school for this, I think, deserve a platform to help us who haven't gone to school maybe appreciate uh, God's commands, maybe from a, a theoretical perspective or mm-hmm. just from. Uh, a different point of view than maybe me just flipping over to Ephesians 5.19 and saying, and here's why we do what we do. (laughs) So, yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about Vocal Ascend, which is a project that you've spearheaded, and um, amongst other things. Maybe I'm going to throw some what-if questions at you or some skeptical scenarios where you, as a member of the church, um, you know, we're both baptized members of the Church of Christ, and so we, we share the same mm-hmm. conviction. But if there's a listener out there who didn't, maybe maybe I could speak on their behalf on uh, different views. Mm-hmm. So let's, how about we start with Vocal Ascend? Um, how about uh, Vocal Ascend, what is it, and how did it get started, and where did it go from there? Well, Vocal Ascend, it got started between myself and Matt Schuber and Sephra Schuber, we, we all three had visited multiple times because we, we have a great love for singing. Uh, they, our, they're members at, at, they're members at Whispering right? Pines okay. as well. And, you know, Matt is kind of our uh, sound person <laughs> as we got. The AV guy? Yeah. Every yeah. congregation has an AV guy. Yes. And he's, he's uh, great with all things technology and sound and, um, is a great resource and they, they have their own, they've always had their own home studio and he's right. produced some albums. He, 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 uh, as a side gig, uh, he, he gets consulted to produce albums for people. And so he's got uh, a wealth of knowledge in, in producing albums and, and, uh, working with pro tools and all the sound technology. Right. And so does Sephra. Sephra has a degree in it. And so they're, they're just like the dynamic sound recording duo. They're amazing. <laughs> they're amazing. And, and they have and, a golden microphone. I think I've used uh-huh. it for a podcast I recorded with with Sephra's dad Glenn before. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. they've they've I've seen their setup. It's amazing. There's an and, airplane going overhead too. Right, right, right. For the listener. Well, um, as we uh, as we visited more about, I've well, I've always thought you know like we should be able to record some things. Is we have we have some incredible singing at Whispering Pines. We love singing. We love singing new songs. We love singing from the heart. We love everything about singing and so it's one of the and we have some great singers and so we wanted to get some of these songs that are written just by our brothers we have a lot of songs that are written by wonderful people brothers and sisters of faith that they just write them for the pure and simple act of singing praises to god right. Right. there's there's nothing in it there's no commercial. There, no, there's nothing. No one's getting paid for, for writing these songs. I mean, the music industry is terrible for making money anyway. It's the it's the worst. Uh, you know, we could talk about that. Vocal Ascend gets, you know, four hundredths of a cent for every stream. Four hundredths uh, of, okay. So I, what you're telling me is I need to put it on repeat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, do that. Yeah. Everybody put all your Alexas on. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's it's one of those things like music is is a, is a gift given by God, and so it's a thing pre- that is practiced that we'll talk about in a bit. Sure. And um, I think we all appreciate it to a deep level, so we wanted to share some of these songs that have just been written from the heart that don't get recorded um, in a in a great professional setting. And so we wanted to try to to set up as professional of a setting as we could train up some of these singers in, in two days and and uh, record some of these songs so that one the main thing we wanted to do our vision is to spread the gospel mm. in a, in a different way because when we think about spreading the gospel a lot of us are like okay i got to preach the word right. and we have a responsibility to do that but at the same time some of us really struggle with with interacting with with people and 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 conversing with people that don't share the same worldview or right. we're just maybe we just weren't uh trained to to have those conversations or gifted, yeah, so or gifted with gifted. it absolutely and music is a way that we we thought this easy to share you can you can hand an album or you say go go check it out on spotify or apple music and this is a bit of how we worship and this is how we offer praises to god and this is this is therapy this is mm. everything Speaking to my to to our relationship with God and yeah. being able to communicate to him. So so you you are having this kind of theoretical conversation with Matt and Sephra. You recognize what you want to do is create an opportunity for these songs that, that usually just get sung in, in our congregations, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not, maybe people record them on their phone. Right. Or maybe uh, guys like Andrew Martin will put them on his SoundCloud. Right. But you're wanting to record 20 or so songs. Uh, what does it look like? What does the scale of this project look like as it starts to take shape? That's a big undertaking. Uh, we, I've sang with some other albums, so I do know the infrastructure of, of what it takes to, to pull this off. And that was partly why I was like, okay, I know I know how to put this stuff together. I know how to work with Logic Pro and putting together uh, click tracks and being able to... Um, a click track? A click track is basically a metronome um, along... Yep. That keeps us in line, and we can manipulate that however we want. So if we want a section to go slower, faster, we can we can uh, easily yeah. manipulate it tick so tock, that we can tick all tick sync together. Sure, sure. And uh, there's no question of because if if you were to record just a choir, there's a whole lot that can go wrong. Right. In that setting, and most choirs are practicing together. Right. A lot. Right. We we in two days we recorded 24 songs. Uh, successfully 24 we had one that didn't make it but 24 songs and uh we don't we didn't have time to train everyone to flow together and to to get all the songs down so the clip keeps us together i can think about just in congregational singing uh if a lot of times we're looking down at our songbook instead of at the song leader and we start getting slower Mm -hmm. and slower Mm -hmm. by the second verse third verse slow enough and what you're saying is on this album we're going to avoid that low and slow mentality where you're trying to keep everybody you know, yep. on the beat all the way through. Uh, how many singers ended up coming to this? This isn't like a quartet or a no, you know, we, octet, right? For our first album, we had about 55 singers. Um, we're hoping to have about double that on this next album, so that will create some good challenges, but it's going to be really exciting. Um, as this, this is one of those projects, we called it the Vocal Ascend Project initially because not none of us knew if it would if this would work or not and we were like this could easily tank and both matt and i had many 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 phone calls and conversations about 
what could go wrong and what we need to do in certain situations and just accepting the fact if we could only get 10 songs recorded and this is a one and done we may not be able to do anything else in the future because this is just a very difficult and complex undertaking uh, what we didn't anticipate is the heart of every person that was present oh, it's to fantastic. to give of themselves yeah i get choked up just thinking about it because when when we when we get into performance, so I, I work with a lot of artists and musicians in, in, in my professional field, and there's a lot of ego wrapped up in that. Right. And there's a lot of like focusing on my craft and, and what I do and, and not as much giving of ourselves and sacrificing one for the team. If I need to sing softer, if I need to sing this way, if I need to change the way I look oh, at I it. I get what you're saying. Um, okay. we, we all had to give of ourselves, sure. give of our time and energy sure. and sacrifice the way we want to sing because for me as a conductor i i would love to throw away the click track and just let's just go and feel it sure and just and just let it take us i would love that but i know it wouldn't be uh quite as efficient and successful for the overall mission it'd be fun to sing it that way absolutely probably not as fun to listen exactly time and time again exactly okay um well i've had brian osborne on my podcast we talked about a more worshipful experience and we mentioned this so some of my listeners probably are familiar with it uh, the Vocal Ascend project, but um, just from my perspective, I was a singer there, and it was probably one, if not the most powerfully, I don't know, uh, emotional, uh, worshipful opportunities where, I mean, there's weeping, uh, there's mm-hmm. shouts of joy. It seems like the Psalms were coming alive, you know, Absolutely. the way David wrote his Psalms and these action words of what he was doing in the Psalms, I felt like I was doing that that weekend. It was really hard to uh, kind of let go Keep of it. Keep it together. <laughs> right. I, I wanted it to stay, and yes. I still want to. I'm, still, I'm trying to figure out how to take that and go into life because I feel like that's the type of worship I want to offer mm-hmm. all the time. I don't want to go back to worship where maybe I'm uh, distracted. Right. And, I, and I'm making it about me. I'm not making mm-hmm. it about the church. Right. I'm distracted. I'm uh, in a bad mood. I all these things. I want to be like I was at Vocal Ascent. Anyway, my, maybe my soapbox thought. Mm-hmm. Um, if if people wanted to listen to it, where would you have them go, and how could they get a hold of this stuff? So any any streaming platform, all the major streaming platforms. You got Apple Music, Spotify, Prime, Pandora, YouTube. Oh, I'm probably missing. There's several. We uh, There's a program called CD Baby that um, just puts it out on all of the major streaming platforms, which makes it very easy to get music out there and reach. I've, we've had people um, in London uh, and other places of the world say they're listening. I've just nice. had reports of international outreach, and I'm like, that. that's, that's something I could have never achieved on my own. Oh, yeah. Like, as someone who just wants to tell everyone about Jesus, I, I, I could not achieve that. I'm not effective in that but as a as a group coming together to put something like this that can be spread out and it's very easy because you can ask anyone hey go go listen to this just some music go go listen to it right and it's i've appreciated how organic your leadership has been to let others talents kind of uh flourish and blossom because you've you've asked for help and the helpers have come Mm -hmm. you've now got people helping you arrange the music people coordinating I mean, it was so cool. I I feel like we had conversations pretty early on when it was just a kind of theory, like this mm-hmm. this dream. But to see you turn into reality, 
there was a lot of really talented people that stepped up to join you. It really, to me, embodied that song that's on the album called One Voice. I have but one voice to praise the Savior, mm-hmm. but if you join me and praise Him too, 100%. you know? And yep. by the, you get to the chorus and all these voices are swelling. That's kind of how the vocals, and it was like we were watching in real time, 1 Corinthians 12 about the body, different body parts functioning properly. We, we saw it happen. Yep. Uh, incredible experience. Well, I, I think that's something that music offers. I, that's why music is a gift from God. I think it's one of those really special ways that we can communicate with Him, that you just, that our words fail. Music does something to make it special and make it more meaningful and powerful for us. And uh, it brings everyone such joy. Even if even if you're not the greatest singer, practicing singing, is it, it can be so joyful because it's um, it's a part of our relationship and our communication with God and being connected with him. And I think of Paul and Silas when they're in the prison and they're singing praises. And I think of all the times where I'm struggling to get, I have the, I have the wonderful privilege of teaching uh, teenagers in a public school, ske- school setting. And, you know, I have, I have plenty of days where I am just not feeling it and I need, I need something and I sing and I'll sing in my car either with something. I, I like to sing with vocal ascend. That's a, it, that's very uplifting. Um, but I'll sing in the car cause that, that gets, gets my mind on him and not on the obvious, um, troubles of the world. And I think singing is a direct connection to him. So you're, you're shifting the narrative of this conversation, which is sorry. Great. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just exactly what a wonderful transition. You're now bringing up the Bible. Uh, People who may be listening to this have been wondering, why are we listening to a 15-minute advertisement for <laughs> right. on a podcast that's entitled Pure and Simple Bible? But you're suggesting that the behind all of this dream is similar to the experience of Paul in prison. Like, what do I do when I'm so low? Mm-hmm. I sing. Yep. And that the Bible is filled with... Uh, different scriptures that whether it be command or whether it be example uh that express that singing helps us draw near to the heart of god absolutely i'm trying to find the scripture and if my listeners will bear with me as i both speak and google search at the same time uh the father of musical instruments in the book of genesis i think is the first time Hmm. that there's mention of music in the bible and uh, it's, let's see, Jubal, for all those who do Bible trivia, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 21. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, it says, verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. And then there's Zilla, also born Tubal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. So you've got uh, Adam and Eve and Cain and Seth and their descendants. And pretty quick is the invention of music. Mm-hmm. And while we don't have uh, a lot of connections about music until we get to the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, it seems like mankind, through, I believe, the inspiration of God, you know, the divine spark, created this means to communicate beyond 
speech. I guess my first question for you, um, and, and I'd like you to answer professionally, uh, <laughs> but as a professional musician and a teacher of music, uh, why do you think part of the divine spark includes making music and melody instead of just trying to speak our feelings? Oh, man, if I can answer that well. <laughs> it's a very good question. The question may be better than the answer, but I mean, I think uh, we all know that words, you, you hear that that saying where uh, words fail, music speaks. Mm. And there's a whole lot of heart that's put into music, whether it's for God's glory or not. Sure. I think every man, as you talked about, has that spark in him and that's that direct connection to God of, of and I think it's music and I think music was placed there and I think that even even some of the <laughs> sketchy music that you might hear it's still music of the heart and I, I think it's one of those things that expresses emotions where we can't you know you, when we see someone get angry and they they clench their fists you know there's a whole lot in just that in just that statement, you see someone just smile from their from their eyes. Mm. There's a whole lot there that can't be communicated. And one way to communicate it is through singing, is through music. Music right. can can kind of bring that out right. and describe emotions at a at a deeper level. Right. Well, I I mean I totally agree. I think about me as a teenager, not necessarily with religious music, but there were times when I'd listen to a band and I thought this song <laughs> it speaks to my identity. You know, I look back on some of those groups now, you know, oh, brother, I can't believe I used to listen to that. But it, it, to your point, I could, I didn't have the words maybe to put an emotion into mm -hmm. speech. Yep. But a song was playing on the chords of my heart. Mm -hmm. And it seems like uh, the Bible shows us that this is one way that we're communicating with the divine. C.S. Lewis calls uh, the entirety of, of God's realm the divine dance. I think that's the phrase that he uses for it, the divine dance, where there's this ethereal music playing that the entire universe is dancing to. And so even the stars and the planets, the galaxies and humanity, we're all in this movement. Like symphony, you know, symphonies mm -hmm. have different movements. And so I always like that expression. It helped me uh, maybe appreciate, even if I'm not a great singer or a great theorist of singing, that there's some cosmic song going on. Have you ever seen, this is random, but have you ever seen any of those, uh, like they, the, the music that stars make? Have you seen any of that? Like they record so. the, the way the light pulses Ooh, no, and they put it so. into musical form well, cool. and it makes, it's making melody. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that the creation speaks the glory of God. Absolutely. Nature shows his handiwork. It's like uh, the stars sing to the glory of God. Um, before we get to David in the Bible, who is probably the, I think he's, would he be known as the, the greatest musician of the Bible? Are, I, there, are there others that are more musically inclined than he? Don't, I don't think so. David was an emotional guy. Right. And, you know, music's a tool. That, that we've been given that obviously can be misused. And I want to go off, we may go off on that tangent, I don't know. But music can be a tool that can be misused, if not used probably just like anything else in this world. But I think 
used in the light that David used it, I think was very therapeutic and a wonderful thing for us to go to for our own, whether, whether we're reading his psalms or whether we're singing our own song. I often compose songs on my own. They may not be any good for anyone else to hear, but I often compose songs on my own in my heart that I'm singing through because of something, and it helps me process, whether it's something that I want to write down and record or I just want to keep to myself. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a way of, of uh, coping and growing closer to God. Well, I agree. And just for Bible reference in the book of Exodus, when they cross the Red Sea, the first thing they do is Miriam and the women sing the song I think it's called the Song of Moses, but it's this, they're singing out, thank you, God, for rescuing us from, and they're not just speaking it, they're singing it. And there's times like that throughout, the old, especially the, the Jewish nation, they're part of their culture. It's like uh, they would sing when they were sad. They would sing when they were happy. Do you know anything about that style of music? It's probably different than ours. Um I don't have a lot of information on well, it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of cultures that have different songs for different times. There, I mean, there's there's definitely even TV series out there now that have uh, just different cultures that are, they might be doing something very uh, minuscule, like like washing clothes, their hand-washing clothes, and they have they have traditional songs they sing. Wow. I think that might be out in Scotland. <laughs> I've been, I'm you're you're to go. ready to go there. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, that we've song. been doing some research, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, every culture has their their songs that mean something to them. Um, that's a part of their own uh, therapy, joy, Thanksgiving. Sure. Because I think as people, we anyone who is really reflecting and thinking about how they they need to be on a daily basis, yeah. I think they're they're taking inventory of their heart. And if you really like, have, if you've been trained by a a wonderful mother who is saying to you yeah you're gonna you're gonna go okay i need to sing because i like i i i have no other way to express what i'm feeling or i just need the uplifting or i need i need something i'm gonna sing and if you've been taught to sing that's such a wonderful gift what's our culture you know the american culture uh do we have any songs that are i mean our culture so vast there's so many different you know cultures that make up our culture so we don't really have like a maybe a like you earlier you said a song for washing you know? right we don't right. Do we have anything like that or I, some I, of ours just like propaganda national anthem type and i don't mean propaganda that sure way, but i'm just sure. saying is it more just nationalistic it was a lot of well capitalistic too <laughs> just i mean there's it, music is very saturated because it's it's definitely more available and so there's a there's music written all over the place that you can't tell if it's for a, a cash grab or if it's something that's wow. meaningful. Sure. You know, and so there's a, we're, we're very saturated with music. And I think one of our, culturally as a professional, we do not have the, the culture in America that was in Western Europe. Uh, you know, Western European musicians were dynamite. Because you talk about Mozart and Beethoven, Haydn, and these, the fathers of, of the classical era, you know, that they ushered in this amazing forms of music because that was like, that was their life. And like music was, was a part of their necessary education. Even Plato and Aristotle agreed that like music was to be at the forefront. It was the highest form of education. Mm -hmm. And we do not emphasize that in the States. Right. It's, it's very much like sports activities, 
I love sports. I do. I love playing sports. It's great. And I think physical activity is a wonderful thing. But um, style is also a thing that's kind of shaped sure. our culture. And we've, we've lost sight of the heart and what's, what's more important here. And singing is one of those things. And so it's not always been the cool thing to sing. Right. You know? I remember, okay, I've got so many thoughts. But me and you are going to, this is going to be like a four-hour conversation. <laughs> Probably. Um, I saw a TED, one of those educational videos, TED, and they were talking about what, what happens to the brain when you play music or sing. And you use a part of your brain for speech, a part of your brain for uh movement a part of your you know but when you sing or you play music it's like fireworks is going off in the mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. all of the brain is working together and it's really a unique uh cerebral experience that n- nothing else triggers you know Isn't that fantastic yeah it's i mean that's why i i got into teaching music because I, I feel like it i'm <laughs> I, I know everybody. That's the that's the hip thing nowadays. We all have ADHD, right? So it's a <laughs> we all we all struggle to focus. Sure. And uh, for me, music was one of those totally engaging things. Like I can just be even with just some low forms of music. It's still very like even just something simple. I played I'm playing string quartets and I played Pachelbel's Canon more times <laughs> than I would like, and I still I it's still engaging to me. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't totally check out. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless I'm really tired or something, but sure. you know, I I don't totally check out. Music is very engaging, even if you've sang the song a thousand times, because yeah. I think it has, it yeah. There there's and I and that that could definitely be a God thing. God yeah. designed us for when we're singing, that just the brain is just yeah. growing and adding. And I that's that, what's really inspiring to me is to see grown men who are not musically inclined, but they value singing with their children. That is one of the most impactful things that I wish, as a culture, we would all develop. I, I don't do enough of that. Why, why is that so meaningful or special to you? Because when you see, you know, we, we kind of, grew, like I said, we grow up in a society of, like, what's cool, and, and it's cool to be a tough guy, and it's cool to be an athlete, and oh, it's cool right. to be, uh, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's be a tough guy and not express our feelings. But to see a grown man sing... It's, it's it's watching them express their emotions. There's a measure of vulnerability there. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Um, in the in the Bible, as we're getting to in this conversation, there is a culture in the Old Testament of the Jews with song. In Psalm chapter thirteen, verse one, there's a couple of questions. It says, "How long, O Lord?" Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? You know, that this writer, uh, David, is pouring his heart out about how long, how long, how long. But listen to his answer in verse 6. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So singing was his, you've used the word therapy a couple times in this conversation, but it seems that singing was the mental relief to the anguish of those questions. Mm-hmm. How long, how long, I'm in distress, what can I do? I will sing. Absolutely. Do you ever think it's odd that we sing to God? And it's, it's I mean, we're communicating with him, we're praising him, we're singing to him and about him. And we don't do that with each other. 
hello jeremy how are you you know like <laughs> well and i did want to yeah i did want to bring up colossians 316 and, and it's in its powerful charge because i think that motivates me Okay. And, and you think about it, we're supposed to be speaking and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. And it's like, so I'm supposed to be like teaching through song too. Right. And there, there's, there's a lot to be done. And I think David does that all throughout. There are things where he's, he's describing um, how God is in his justice, how God is in his mercy. And in all ways, he's descriptive of God and, and what he does for David. I agree. But then also processing his own feelings and his own yeah. things. Well, we've we've been going through the Psalms. We've been having a, a rough couple of weeks at home. And so in our family worship at night, uh, we've been reading the Psalms. And I've been trying to tell the kids, listen, here's a man who was a king, a warrior, an athlete. And look look at him pour out his heart to God. But he's, he's using words that we would maybe say... Uh, uh, put your purse down, Nancy. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, why are you being such a big crybaby? Because he'll say things like, I pour out my tears on my couch all night long. That sounds like a drama queen. Right. But right. in our culture, in yeah, his culture, absolutely. you could be the man. I mean, he's a man after God's own heart. So mm-hmm. that means he was, he could be a warrior and just a highly sensitive man to the needs of God. I was going to ask your thoughts on this. Um, Psalm chapter 120 through Psalm chapter 134 are called Songs of Ascent. Songs of Ascent. And I didn't know this until 2020. And shame on me. But uh, Kevin Fox did this video series during COVID. Did you happen to see any of those? I don't think so, no. Now I'm going to. (laughs) Um, So he did the Psalms of Ascent. And he ran on a treadmill while talking to us. You know, oh, I did. I saw a couple of those. Yes, yeah, yes. And they were so fun. <laughs> I really loved them. And um, what I loved about it was uh, I never knew a song of ascent was when the people of Jerusalem or when the people came to Jerusalem from Jericho. And so it's an 18 mile walk uphill. And these are the songs that they would sing while marching uphill. Oh, so wow. Kevin put his uh, oh, that's cool. treadmill <laughs> on a, you know, so he was uh-huh. running uphill and he would talk about a, a psalm and he did that for a couple of weeks. It was really, really inspirational. But um, here's people who are going up to Jerusalem to worship and celebrate God. And the way that they motivated each other to get up the hill was to sing. You know? That's cool. Isn't that fun? It's powerful. It's fun. And and it makes imagine you... us as a culture in any setting to where it's like, all right, we have this challenge here. What do we do? Yeah. Let's sing. Well, I feel in a way that we we there's whispers of it. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, you and I go to a place called the Sulphur Oklahoma Fourth of July meeting and they have a tradition one night where we hike out. What do you think that is? A, a three quarter mile, a mile? Yeah, yeah, it's close to a mile. You, you yeah. hike a mile out to Buffalo Springs and we all sit and sing and then we hike back to our cars and go home. And to, to people who aren't familiar with that, it may be really odd, but last year, maybe it was two years ago, but I think it was last year, we all showed up at 11 o'clock p.m. to start that hike and there were people who were camping that saw all these cars show up and so they, they hiked out with us and sat and listen to the singing, and they talked to, I think, Glenn Ballard about it, and they were like, oh, 
my word. What is going on? That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it is incredible. So there's like these whispers of that Jewish culture and, and some of the things. That, yeah. That we well, say. and that, yes. And I, I'm sorry when I say uh, as a culture, you know, as a, as a greater United States, uh, we, we don't have that tradition, but, but do we have it in our, in our brotherhood and our faith? And it's, we do. Sure. And it's, it's so Try. uplifting that, that we can all come together and sing songs from memory and all be, is one. I don't know how scientific this is, but I've heard there's been research about when you all sing together that your hearts beat, they synchronize, they beat Ooh. as one. And okay. if that if that's true, I would like to believe it's yeah. true. I yeah. think it's true. <laughs> you know, because it's well, you do you you and it's it's kind of amazing in in ensembles that I've performed in. It's like how in the world are we able to cut off perfectly? You have those moments where it's like just a beautiful finish. Mm-hmm. And we all finish that part together. We perfectly enter together or we swell together. We sing softer together. We feel something at yeah. the same time. That's how, how do we, how do we pull that off when you have that many people together? When we're all fallible, we can all like easily make terrible mistakes. How yeah. are we able to pull that off? And that's, I can't answer that. Well, that gives me goosebumps whenever we pull it off and the song cuts off and you're in a place where there's the sound echoes mm-hmm. and so you're done singing but it's like the ghost of the song is still, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely you, you can feel the prayer the, the song ascending right it's right. oh it's great for our listeners there's a pooch nearby that is uh, not happy about being in <laughs> cage and i don't he's singing he's, i don't he's know doing if we're gonna be able part. to do anything about it so you're just gonna yeah the dog is singing that's, that's right that's what we're gonna frame this as. <laughs> well i got two more old testament examples and then i want to ask you about new testament practices because you know, ultimately, we want this program to encourage people to mm-hmm. know the Bible and obey the Bible. Um, but the Song of Solomon, like in the title, it's a song. It's the raciest song I've ever mm-hmm, read. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never heard it <laughs> sang. I don't think we will. Um, Not one I'm singing with my children. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> but here it is. Uh, for every romantic song that's ever been written, you know, I'm thinking of Lionel Richie and, mm-hmm. and Journey or some of the songs that, that, to me, that classic rock, you know, expresses my heart to my lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Song of Solomon was a, a, a love poem between a man and a woman expressing their love from one to another. I think that's cool. That That's yeah. one of the 66 books in the Bible, you know? I think so, too. Uh, it th- could have been something else, but God saw fit that this romantic love be on display for all time. Yeah, I mean the one of the biggest parts of our Christian faith is is uh as a as a married couple um we're supposed to desire our our wives and the way he talks about his desire for his wife is it is a very important thing to uh remember, pursue all the days of your marriage and for your your marriage to be whole and um impactful for your kids so that your kids remember that Dad, dad loved mom. Yeah, <laughs> loved her so much that he sang to her. Yes, the song. Yes. song. Well, the, the final one I was just going to share is the book Lamentation, where you've got Jerusalem has been destroyed, uh, the people have been carried off into captivity, and Jeremiah the prophet is lamenting um, the, the the cruel nature of this destruction. Well, a lament is just a like a poem of. Mm-hmm sorrow Mm -hmm. and so i see god's people pouring their heart out again 
maybe it's a song, maybe it's spoken word, but it seems like it would be a song, uh, lamenting about their city. And in this lament, they're taking on ownership, responsibility. They're repenting of sin. They're expressing, uh, they understand they don't deserve another chance, but if, if, if God would give them another chance, that they desire to be faithful again. So let's maybe use that as the springboard. You mentioned earlier Colossians chapter 3 and uh, about teaching. It seems like the, this lamentation, I'm certain that there's praise for the Father, but I think also is this horizontal, as we say this together, we're teaching one another that we as a people need to just have a heart that is in anguish when we sin. So they were teaching each other. I'd like for you to just share some thoughts about what it means to teach one another in song. Uh, what's our responsibility to each other? What's our responsibility as a church? Like, uh, what's what, what what can we do in song as far as teaching goes that we can't do when a preacher gets up and starts talking? Well, you're going to have to come back next week if you want to hear Jeremy's answer to that series of questions. So we'll go ahead and sign off now, and I really want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave a five-star review if you really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to listen along with you as we consider Jeremy's answer to, in the New Testament times, how do we teach one another in singing versus the teaching that we get just from somebody preaching? And uh, so come back. I think you're really going to enjoy the second part of this conversation. And until next week, always remember that God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true about a judge by the